Welcome to Above and Below, a Salt Life podcast, where we're going to be exploring above and below the surface. We'll take in a deep dive into the world of fishing, diving, and surfing. Every week, we're going to sit down with experts to learn more about them and get their freshest, hottest takes on all things salty. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Above and Below, a Salt Life podcast. I am your host, Kieran Anderson, and today we have April Zilg back on with us. April, how are you? I'm phenomenal. How are you, Kieran? I am fantastic. I am absolutely fantastic. We've had a lot of rain here, so I haven't been able to surf at all recently. But um, just got back from Arizona. I went fishing and had a good time there with my girlfriend. Caught a bunch of bass. It was pretty sick. Dude, that sounds amazing. Yeah, the West Coast, you guys have been getting hammered lately. Yeah, it's been absolutely horrible. Yeah, I actually, this is the first year, the first season that I can remember since I started paddling that I think I've gotten more training in than my my West Coast kind of like counterparts, right? No way. Yeah, and Jeez. I'm freezing. Like it was 28 degrees when I woke up this morning. So I've, I've still got the, the cold weather salt life gear out. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's so, that's what I'm usually wearing, but um, it's kind of warm in my house. So I'm okay with that, but it's freezing outside and it's raining. So no good over here. Um, yeah. April, give us a little overview on yourself, what you do and what you're all about. Oh, what am I all about? Um, so many things. I'm a, a Jacqueline of all trades, but at its core, um, I've kind of built my life around paddling. So I paddle competitively. I do online coaching. I teach clinics in person at various events. Um, and yeah, just this last year, I finally, I realized my dream and became a world champion at both the ISA and the ICF world championships in the, the sprint divisions. Um, I won a silver medal at the Outrigger, the Va'a World Championships, and I'll be headed back. That's my main focus this year is going to be Va'a Outrigger um, going into 2023 and kind of like giving stand up just a little break for a year um, since you know I've been working at it for 10 years, building my life around it. And, you know, good life balance is all about ebbs and flows, right? And so... I just, I think I need a little taper off, a little back off from some stand up paddling competition and kind of just relax you know, a little. Yeah. And just enjoy sitting in the canoe for a while and go back to the roots of paddling because, you know, that, that is it's where paddling kind of originated, you know, getting from island to island, these big giant open ocean crossings in these, these little outrigger canoes. And that's going to be, I feel like there's so much for me to learn and then come back to stand up later with dude that's insane world champ over here that's amazing i love that dude and you're just getting after it you're just sending life right now you it's so cool to like talk to you about that i was just talking to izzy gomez the other day you know izzy gomez is i know izzy so well i love izzy she's good people man she's so awesome i'm good friends with izzy and i was frothing out with her about like stand up paddle boarding and all that stuff and it's it's just it's a process. Like it's gnarly, the training, the effort that goes into that. Um, <clears throat> and her brother too. They're such competitors. It's crazy to like talk to them about what they do, what they're all about. Uh, and it's fun to talk to you about that stuff too. But you're like, you have it all. Like you're so diverse in that. And that's what's super cool. Um, and recently you've been either, or you just did the the uh, Outrigger World Championship, right? So 
they're different because you know there's a world champs every year um outrigger is unique and they trade they kind of switch disciplines every other year so last year so 2022 was a sprint year so it's a 500 meter course in the lanes like the olympic canoeing so we actually used the olympic course at dorney lake in the uk for that world championship event. no way this year However, it's going to be a distance year. So it's about 14 miles and there's going to be like wind and currents and waves. It's actually an American Samoa this year. I know. I want to go there really bad. How do you get the canoes there? Oh, they so it's the same way like with Olympic events um, where one of the companies who builds Outrigger canoes wins the bid. And so then they build like a fleet and ship all it's so every single person at that world championship is literally in the same boat so it's not like stand up stand up it's like oh you know who's got the the most recent technology who's got the coolest shape who's got the lighter carbon fiber with the strong who's rigid who's floppy who's whatever and like there's all this like you know talking around before the race starts like whose board looks fast and who's got the better equipment that year and i kind of like the outrigger um event because we just all sit in the same boat and they're all there's same manufacturer same shape same exact mold they all just came out of the exact same uh you know line and there there you go get on the water and may the best person win yeah that's rad. I love that. That that's so funny and it's so unique because like surfing, everybody brings boards. Like everybody rides yeah. different boards and uh rides different equipment to to their standards. And with that, like you guys all have the same thing. Like that's insane. Yes. So really it's it's all about the team. And that's cool. So because there's so there's two different disciplines. And I said that, you know, that one year's a sprint year and one year's a um distance year. But then once we get there, there's the six person outrigger race which is kind of like the main event but then they also have the one man racing so yes all the six man teams are absolutely in the same boat but then uh, a few days later there's the one man world championship so we're in a v1 which is a rudderless outrigger canoe and each country puts their their top male and female racer in the one man canoes and you go and that could you know, again, you're all in the same boat, which is really cool. But, you know, you lit, miss out on that variability that you were talking about because different people are different shapes and sizes. Yeah. So when when and where are tryouts for that? So we just had the um, tryouts for the V1 last Saturday. That was at the Newport Aquatic Center okay. in Newport Beach. I'm sure you've been by the NAC. Like it's like everything that is paddling um, in that area. And what, the month before we had the tryouts for the V6 in Dana Point, California, because uh, Dana women... I actually, I don't know where the men's tryouts are. Sorry, this is all very, um, this is women's paddling now. Um, it's it's actually predominantly a female sport. Oh, really? So I know, which is interesting because in uh, Tahiti and some of the countries where it is originated and it's a lot bigger, like outrigger paddling is like their football. The way we in America, we get about football and we have a favorite team. Um, we have like favorite players and maybe cards. That's how they are about outrigger paddling. 
with the men, not with the women. But here in America, we we love our women's paddling teams. <laughs> For sure. That's so rad. Um, so. Are there some are there some crazy teams and individuals that you go against? Yes. Actually, I thought that the um so I thought this US tryouts last Saturday was going to be I knew it was going to be a challenging event, but you you never want to peak for your tryout. You kind of want to be building your your fitness through your tryout because if you peak for your tryout then you're going to I mean, if you have long enough, you might be able to like relax and then rebuild, but I'm in my base building phase and I'm not at my peak fitness. So I knew it was going to be a challenging race with the other women who wanted the V1 slot. But then at the last minute, one of the Hawaiian V1 racers and one of the Tahitian V1 racers showed up. And I was like, whoa, what are you guys doing here? Like you weren't on the start list. And they just sliding in in that last minute, like coming to scope it out and see what the US is doing. Um so it was a little harder race than I, I wanted it to be. Hey, that's good, though. It makes you it was. have that competitive mindset and get after it even more. It certainly did. I was happy to defend, uh, you know, I guess our home turf. I don't know. <laughs> but the, the other women were amazing. Like that's they were rad. super fun to race with. And it was it was super exciting. Describe to me the process on, uh, you know, trying out and stuff. Is it like multiple days? What like what in, what's involved with that? Yeah, so it, it's different for the V1 and the V6. So for the one-man racing, um, you're hopefully all in a, a very similar boat. So we had to like reserve boats. The other two women that I know that flew in for that tryout, they're from also from North Carolina and Florida. So we had a lot of East Coast paddlers going out to California, vying for that that one. There's just one spot. Only one person can go represent the USA in the V1 slot. No way. And that's just one. Yeah. So that's just one race, like just one day. And that's it. You either get the slot or you don't. So um, one person from the U.S. makes the team. Yes. Well, for the, well, the V1 space for the team, one person gets to race the the one man boat. Okay. But and then, then there do they is have like the a team. backup? There is the, the second place person is offered... If, if the first place person can't fulfill the obligation or make it or wants to back out, the person who won second place could go and race the one man race. But then there's the second, like I said, the main event, this is, yeah, I try not to be too confusing, is the six person racing. So that was, that tryout was over a month ago. That was back the first weekend of February. And you had to first submit a time virtually from wherever you were in the United States to, to see if you were eligible to get an invite. So if your time was good enough for like an invite, then you were invited to the February 5th one-man tryout and six-man. Like You had to race in a one-man against everybody else vying for one of those six seats in the six-person boat. So we did, we went and did uh, like a 5k time trial all out. And then they looked at those times and who finished where. And then it was just like musical chairs. Jeez. We had a, you know, a big race, like a chase boat with a lot of the paddlers in the boat. And they would just swap people in and out of seats to see which person makes the six man canoe go faster in what seat. So That's we crazy. paddled. Dude, I should, sh I should show you my Garmin. 
from the day. Like we were paddling for four hours, like as hard as we possibly could. Cause you don't want, like if, if you get in the boat or somebody else gets in the boat and it slows down and they think it's you, like you're going to get jettisoned or something like that. So you're, you're pushing your, like to your maximum, not maximum, but you know what I mean? Like for four hours, just 10 minute pieces over and over and over all day for four hours for two days, Saturday and Sunday, after you've done an all out 5k time trial to see who's fast enough anyway. Dang, you probably sleep so good after that. <laughs> I actually, oh my goodness. No, I got my purse and my wallet stolen and all of my what? stuff and I didn't sleep at all. <laughs> was, oh no. It was, oh, I know it was, it's a funny story now, but at the moment it was not. <laughs> I was pretty tired and cranky. <laughs> what kind of requirements do you have to have to, to be a part of that? I mean, are there pre-qualifications and stuff? No, like I said, the, if you would sign up, um, on the USA Orca site, or if you're a member of SCORA, which is like the Southern California Outrigger Racing Association or ECORA, its East Coast component, your local club would share with you like the dates and those virtual time trials for you to get that original invite. So back in uh, November, December, I received an email about the virtual time that I needed to submit. And I did that even though I had just finished with the ISA World Championships in Puerto Rico and I'm so tired and like, okay, time to submit your time trial. And I was like, oh my goodness, that race isn't until August next year. And I already have no to start way. thinking about it. Ugh. Yeah, it was, it was a moment. <laughs> what do you do to prepare and train for um, like qualifications like that? With that one, I mean, you just kind of hope that your base level of fitness is good enough if that makes sense. And endurance. I mean, that length of that four hours of paddling is no joke. Like you were saying, like <laughs> was, full out, let's freaking go. Like that's super, super brutal. No, it it's a lot. So yeah, like I said, you're just hoping that your base fitness and for me going into something like that, it, it's better for me just, just take a week off or a week or two off and just feel a little rested so that I have the energy. No, I'm not going to have like my top peak speed but it's better to have like a stronger all day speed and less top end speed and just kind of more middle of the road. Um, so you're just literally just making sure you're good enough. Not great, just good enough for, for those tryouts. So when you did the tryouts, how did you perform? Where did you end up? Pretty good um, in the... Time trial in the one-man canoes, I was third across the line, like greatest outrigger paddler, one of them of all time. She was actually the Hobie team rider when I first started stand-up paddling. Uh, no Brandy Baxic. Yeah, she's been, uh, she's been paddling forever. I remember her and Candace was, were always going toe-to-toe, like in my first year or two of paddling. Um, and she's kind of gotten into outrigger now, which is... It's nice. Um, I've never done a team sport, so that's kind of why I wanted to do this. I thought this was going to be super different and super exciting. Um, So she was first across the line for the tryout. And then we had uh, Christina Zur, who has won multiple medals in Olympic kayak. What? She is. Oh, my goodness. She is so strong and so fast and she's just now getting into outrigger and we're all like oh oh crap like she's super fast 
this like she's already getting it and kicking everybody's butt. So, um, so between I take, the you two made of the them, team. Oh yes, I made the team. <laughs> but yeah, but they, yeah. So, uh, but yeah, we had to finish the one man time trial first, and then the like the gazillion hours of seat testing. So I will be sitting seat four, sandwiched right in between Brandy Baxic, amazing, super strong paddler. And Christina Zur, also amazing, super strong paddler. Um, and we, in our seat one and two, we have uh, Grace and Mo. Um, who's seat one? I think Grace Holmberg and Maureen Taylor. And then seat six is going to be Cora Wolf. Uh, her sister and mom paddle. She's got like a whole family of just amazing paddlers. Two. So it's, dude, we have a really stacked us team i don't want to like jinx us or anything Dude, that's so sick no we this is going to be really exciting to be a part of and for those of you out there that don't watch competitive outrigger canoe or team outrigger sports this is it's going to be the year to tune in and follow usa yeah dude that's so epic so now that you did make the team what are the next steps do you guys have practices every once in a while and what do you do um to train yeah. So, I mean, I'm going to keep training in my one man here. Um, I am and Cora paddles for a different team as well. So she'll try, she'll probably make it down to a few more practices than I will, but I will be headed out multiple times in June coming up in May and we'll paddle together more in July. So just to prepare for the race in August. So obviously I'm paddling in my one man here every single day, building my base mileage, following my training. But then when we come together, we'll do a couple of warm up races and we we'll blend together because one of the most important parts of paddling with five other people is paddling in sync together. Yeah. So that's that's where like that's why we have to pat paddle and practice together to blend. Because you guys are from like different parts of the US, right? Yes. So how do you get together and train specifically for the world championships with each other? Like, I know that you guys were here together, um, right? In California? Yes. When Yeah. When we did the tryouts, we were all there. So yeah, I will fly back out. Um, everybody else is on the West Coast. So there's a, there's a whole series of six-man races in, all throughout the summer, up and down the West Coast. And so I will fly out, train with them during the week, and we'll do the races on Saturday as like train training stimulus. Oh, that's perfect. Yeah. That's kind of sick because you guys get to do races and it's yeah. kind of like a training thing for the world championships. Like that's no, it's that's gonna sick. be fun. That's epic. When are the the world championships and where are they taking place? Uh August 14th through just essentially that week through probably like the 20th, I believe is like the 19th or the 20th and American Samoa. So it's a really long flight to get there. Where exactly yeah. is that? In the middle of the Pacific Ocean. So kind of like north and east of New Zealand, but south and west of Hawaii. Have you been yeah, there? It's one of those little. Nope. I've always wanted to go so badly, though. And this was a perfect excuse. That's so epic. That's going to be so fun. Yeah. So so they're going to ship out all the canoes. And everybody gets the same one. 
And then you'll have your US flag on there and get all frothed up with your crew. And you guys are going to go win it because you're gnarly and you have the gnarliest team. But um, that is like so interesting to me. I like thinking about that. Like they literally have everything the same on a boat or however they get it there. And then you get there and everything's set up and ready for you. It's so nice. It, it's so such sick. a breath of fresh air coming from stand up again, where we all have to get our boards to where we're going. Yep. And I, I obviously picked the wrong board sport because surfing, at least the boards are small enough. Like the airlines, they're not stoked on you that you've shown up with your surfboard necessarily. <laughs> but it, it, if you want to see the look on their faces when you show up with a 14 foot race board, totally. stand up paddle board, they're less stoked than if it was a surfboard, <laughs> to say the least. And you get charged so, so much money. You know what? I'm not affiliated with any airline anywhere, but Frontier Airlines takes up to a 15-foot kayak. No what? questions. Yeah. Are you kidding? I mean, sometimes you have to literally fly around your thumb to get to your backside, but... Uh, uh, <laughs> that's insane. Um, do you have any other highlights or uh, details in regards to the World Championships? No, oh, no, man. I'm just... I'm glad that it's not until August because, yeah, it, and it is paddle sports are weird because there's all these different world. Yeah, you see my air quotes, world championships like this is Va'a, which is rudderless canoe, which is kind of like the more purest. It, it's more kind of what paddling originally came from. And now they do the Molokai crossing from Molokai to Oahu with ruddered or like when it has a rudder in it, they call it an OC one instead of a V one. So there's all this like little terminology, you know, like if you're in into the paddling uh, world in the vernacular, but technically the Molokai crossing Molokai solo in the one man's, they call that the OC one world championships. And that is on May 14th. And this year will be my first Molokai solo crossing what? as well. I know I'm doing like, but this year I'm focusing completely on outrigger. I'm not doing stand up this year, which is, it's so crazy. Like, it's really weird that I haven't touched my stand up paddleboard because I love it so much. I just, I just know that if I want to love it for the rest of my life, I've got to take a little, little break. We need a, we need a little breather. A little, yeah. So. Cause you, you have somebody in the back steering, right? Yeah. That is for so the six crazy. man. Yeah. Yeah. That's insane. Is that is that like one of the most important jobs, would you say? Yes. It yes. Uh, dude, you should totally try it. Um it, for for what it's worth, my husband got into steering the OC sixes when we lived out in Santa Barbara. And he said it's it's almost it's like better than NASCAR. It's it because he loves to race, but he doesn't necessarily want to be the engine, but he wants to do the like the strategy <laughs> and like picking the lines and he wants to scream at them when to go faster and slower. And he he loved it. No, I mean, there's so much to it, too, like reading water and like understanding where the swells are coming from and currents and everything like that momentum pushes you to go faster. Like, so I feel like being the guy in the back or being the girl in the back and like steering and understanding water is such a big part of that. 
Well, and you're kind of the one making sure the boat doesn't flip over, which is called a uh, hoolie in the in the fancy terminology, um, outrigger terms. And goodness, yeah. And you're trying to make sure too, because the more you steer, the more you're actually slowing the boat down. So if you can keep it like running straight with minimal corrections, I mean, that takes a lot of skill. Yeah, that's gnarly. Especially because like, I feel like because you have three and three, like three on one side, right? And then three on the other, like you might get more push on one side than the other side because people might be different. But that's why you have to really like do the training and like understand what your team's all about and understand their strengths and weaknesses because then you can make the boat go straighter. Oh, yeah. And, And that's why we spent like four hours out in the ocean switching people. Okay, you move one seat, you move another seat, like move boats, like just musical chairs all day to make sure that the boat isn't just strong but it's balanced dude that's so crazy how do we follow you on this adventure you have instagram right i do i have i've taken also a little break from um instagram since the world championships in puerto rico because i just i've been i don't know if it's eh, writing a book um i think i've actually talked about that last time we had we were on a podcast together. It's still going. Um, <laughs> like it's still happening. Um, but just a little bit more more time spent in different things. The best way people can follow along in this adventure right now is probably going to be my newsletter through my website, uh, just aprilzild.com. And there's just a little blip right there on the front page to sign up for the newsletter. But I will definitely be keeping people like up to date on the stories, on the dates, um, ways to, you know, see the training and follow along for sure. Rad. Well, I really hope everything gets absolutely crushed and you guys win everything because that would be insane to get you back on here afterwards. But um, dude, that's so sick. It sounds like such a fun adventure. And like, it's so amazing that you made the team. You guys are for sure going to win. I just feel like you and your team around you have that mindset especially like for you like you do so much so like stand up um canoe like like everything that's involved with your life and the training that you've put in is exactly what um the u.s team needs so it's super rad that you're part of that um and ultimately live in the salt life i love it oh very salty all of us so salty yeah, I'm I'm super stoked. I like I said, never been a part of a team sport before. And I just I thought that this would be this so good for not just personal development, but just learning more about paddling and working with other people and yeah, team dynamics, you know, it's a it's a missing part in my life. And that's that's what life is all about, is finding the things that you're slightly deficient in and and making yourself less deficient in them. <laughs> And working with the team. It just makes you better. I I think so. Rad, April. Well, thank you so much for hopping on and talking to us about this. I cannot wait to get you back on here. I honestly, I I really want to know what goes down. August. Yeah, August. Maybe I'll schedule a uh, a takeover or something of the Salt Life Instagram stories or something. You 100% should. From American Samoa. Yep. Rad. Brad April, thanks for hopping on and thanks everybody for listening in to today's podcast. All right. Thanks so much for having me and we'll chat soon. 
Thanks for listening in to Above and Below a Salt Life podcast. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Real Salt Life. If you've enjoyed this episode, rate and review us on Apple or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast to help spread the word. And remember, stay salty.